Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it'll encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with me further, visit my website at revivalnow.com. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at RevivalNowDanSteep and Twitter at RevivalNowDan. You can also download the Revival Now app. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Welcome to Dan Steep Podcast. I'm Dan Steep, and we're talking Bible prophecy in this episode. The New Global Order. We're going to be looking in uh, primarily Revelation chapter 13. And uh, we're going to talk about this New Global Order. It's interesting. When you say things like the New Global Order, um, you get censored, you get, you know, the little explanation on social media platforms uh you, you get like the 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 fact check which isn't really a, a true fact check you get all these kind of things going on just by mentioning or having the title the new global order but i'm glad that uh, in doing a podcast we're a little bit freer in terms of of the the censorship from from big tech and uh so we're, we're talking about this new global order Revelation chapter 13 is our primary text, and I'm just going to kind of read our way through chapter 13. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Revelation 13, verse 1, Then I saw a beast rising out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns, and written on each head were the names that blasphemed God. Now, as we read through uh, this 13th chapter of the book of Revelation, you see the rise, or, or maybe not the rise, but the uh, definition and recognition of the unholy Trinity. We have obviously the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and knowing full well that Satan has never created anything original in his life. He's purely a counterfeiter, a copycat. So we see his unholy trinity. The first beast is the Antichrist. The dragon is Satan. And the second beast is the false prophet. And... All three of these members of the unholy trinity are spoken of here in Revelation chapter 13. Now verse 2, this beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion and the dragon. So now you have the first beast and the dragon. The dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. Verse 3, I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. Now get this, the whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. Don't, don't, 
gloss over that. This is worldwide. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. This is a, a, a global order that is being implemented. We're seeing the framework of that even as I speak. But of course, it will not be fully manifest until the seven-year tribulation period. And chapter 13 of Revelation happens at the midway point, or three and a half years into the seven-year tribulation period. Verse 4, they worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshipped the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? So here we, we see, they worship the dragon for giving the beast such power. Satan, remember, is the dragon, and he gives power. He gives power to the Antichrist agenda for the world. He is the power behind globalism, new global order, new world order, one world order, all these things. It's all an Antichrist agenda agenda, but the power, the driving force behind it is Satan himself. So that lets you know that world politics is no solution. The political systems of this world are inspired by Satan and are collaborating, to, collaborating together under the spirit of Antichrist to bring about a one world order this new global order. Verse 5, Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. This is talking about the, the new global order, a one-world leader, government, economy, religion, and military, a military that no one could stop, a military that enforces the mandates that are being forced upon the people. I go into more detail in this in a teaching that I call the, the five political antichrist agendas for the earth. And I actually don't remember if I've done a podcast episode on that one or not, but I know if you go to Revival Now Dan Steep on YouTube, and you look up the playlist of Bible prophecy in the book of Revelation, you'll find a teaching outlining the five political antichrist agendas for the earth. Verse 6, he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. Verse 7, and the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. So it's very interesting. You, you won't find the word new world order or new global order, one world government. You won't find it in the Bible, but you'll see it foretold of. 
And you see that right here in verse 7. It is a world order. Every tribe, every people, every language, every nation. And all the people, verse 8, who belong to this world worship the beast. So if you worship the beast, you belong to the world and not heaven. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. Verse 9, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. It's my question for you as you listen to this podcast episode. Will you listen to understand? Will you listen not to gain information, not to gain head knowledge, or not to formulate your personal rebuttal? But ask the Holy Spirit to give you ears to hear that you might listen with understanding. As I said earlier, you won't find these terms like new global order, new world order, one world government. You won't find that specifically stated in the Bible, but you see it foretold of. Just like you never see the word Trinity in the Bible, but you see Trinitarian thought throughout Scripture from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through. And this is what's interesting to me about the new global order is historically the mainstream media, or who I call the false prophets of Baal, historically they would always label people who talk about a new global order or a new world order as conspiracy theorists. But now it's like it's out in the open. Now the same false prophets of Baal brazenly trumpet this new world order. It's an interesting phenomenon, and what it, what it really tells us is that the cat's out of the bag. Like, it used to be that evil lurked in the shadows, and it, it hid, like, covert operations. But we're to the point now where evil is brazen. Evil doesn't even try to hide. They, they just say it. And do it because they actually believe that there's nothing that we can do to stop them. But they haven't heard that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So how does, this, how does the Bible describe the world we live in, this, this present world? Well, it, the Bible uses the word cosmos. And cosmos... It's the Greek word in the New Testament, refers to the inhabited world functioning apart from God. So the cosmos or the world, that's why you'll always, you hear people, Christian people talking about the world in like this negative sense. And it's not that uh, we hate people or, or anything like that. It, it's really dealing with this concept of cosmos, which reveal, re refers to the inhabited world functioning apart from God. And the, the, the inhabited world functioning apart from God is the enemy of God. It's the enemy of faith. Satan's called the prince of this world. 
In John chapter 12, verse 31, it says, The time for judging this world has come, when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. So Jesus described the cosmos as a world system controlled by Satan, sin, perversion, wickedness, twisted ideologies, and systems that are ultimately under demonic, satanic influence. And the closer we get to the rapture of the church, which is the next major prophetic event on God's prophetic calendar, the closer we get to the rapture of the church, wickedness is escalating at an unprecedented level. Now, the best way to understand what's happening in the world today is that the, this world, or cosmos, is getting ready for the soon return of Christ. Satan's frustrated. He's being restrained. I'll read that scripture uh, for you a little later in the broadcast from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. He's being restrained. He's frustrated. He wants to implement his system fully, but he can't do it. He knows his time is near, but he still can't do what he wants to do. Reminds me of a teenager, not, not a child anymore, but still not yet an adult. And, and, and knowing a teenager knows that his time is near, and he wants that time of adulthood, and he's frustrated because he can't do what he wants to do. That's Satan. That's a picture of Satan in this present age. Now, does the Bible talk about a new global order? Absolutely. And the world talks about it. George H. Bush, the first Bush president, boldly used the term new world order. Listen to what David Rockefeller said. He said, all we need is the right crisis and the nations will accept the new world order. Interesting. And we're seeing the, like the world just going from one crisis to another. Many, if not all of which, are, are man-made, created crises under demonic influence. And the Roman Catholic Church's popes have been pushing for a new global order for decades. But here's the interesting thing about this new global order. The people that are presenting this, this ideology make it sound like it's a utopia, that it's the answer to all the ills of the world, that if we just get in lockstep in this new world order, that, that we, won't have, we won't have problems anymore. Even Joe Biden said this. He said, America must lead the way to the new world order. If you want to know what he meant by build back better, he's talking about a new world order. And every uh, decision, seemingly, that he makes, certainly on the geopolitical stage and even with our national policy, is all geared toward leading us into that new world or global order. Revelation and Daniel both describe a world governance system that's controlled by a demonically elected global leader which includes global worship. We read that in verse 4. 
They worshiped the dragon for giving the beast such power. And they also worshiped the beast. Global worship. Global domination. Over the world. Over every tribe, people, language, and nation. So, under the guise of a climate crisis or some other emergency, and I, I use emergency in air quotes, many times they're, they're contrived. You know, more than one thing can be true at the same time. You can have an emergency that's a legitimate emergency, but it's also an emergency that was created and released upon the earth. So under the guise of a uh, climate crisis, because it's kind of looking like that's what, you know, all the, the talking points seem to be gearing up toward, you know, some kind of climate crisis. But it could be some other emergency like we went through in 2020. Nations are giving up their sovereignty. This is true. We're dealing with that. I, I believe um, in May is when Joe Biden is expected to, to sign away our sovereignty now, he's going to say it's not, but it absolutely is. It's giving control to the World Health Organization to, to, to basically control the nations of the earth in response to whatever kind of health crisis that they deem necessary. And here's the deal. They get to decide what a health crisis is. So it can be gun violence. It can be climate related. It could be any number of things that they decide. That's what's happening. Nations of the earth are giving up their sovereignty. Because to truly control people, commerce must be controlled. So I'm skipping down to verses 16 and 17. I really shouldn't do that. Let me just continue reading from verse 10, and we'll get down to verses 16 and 17. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Verse 11, then I saw another beast come out of the earth. That's the, the second beast is the false prophet. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all authority, all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast. So there you see it again, global worship. He required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. And, and that is the key word in Bible prophecy. It's the key word in the last days and in the end times, deception. Unprecedented levels of deception. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. Verse 15, he was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. So this is, this is, where, this is 
exactly what I'm, I've been talking about. Mandates, global mandates, like some we've seen before, but these mandates are going to be strictly enforced with the threat of death. You either do what the mandate says or you die. This is a religious mandate. Anyone refusing to worship it must die. Now, I've gotten to verses 16 and 17, which I promised. It says, He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. So to truly control people, commerce must be controlled. That's why you see um, digital currencies, uh, central digital currency uh, being developed. This is all part of an antichrist system that's being put in place. Now, here's a quote from Meyer Amschel Rothschild, who is one of those global, he was one of those global elitists that, that was a part of the, 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 the seeds that were planted for, you know, decades ago, seeds planted for this new global order. Here's what he said. He said, permit me to issue the control of the money of a nation let me say, it. permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes the laws. Remember, the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. So the growing amount of crises in the world, many of which are created under demonic, antichrist direction, they add to the appeal of this one world system. And that this one world system is going to present, be presented as the only solution to overcome these ills of the world. Does the Bible give us direction concerning the new global order? Absolutely. The stage is being set. It's ready to launch. But the Antichrist is being restrained. And something's going to happen to remove that restraint. And then it's going to launch. And, and this is what it is. In, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 6 through 8. And now you know, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. So it's talking about a restraining force that's holding back the revelation or the revealing of the Antichrist. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness, this is the Antichrist, and the, the, the spirit of Antichrist, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. We see that already at work. It's just more behind the scenes right now. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And then the lawlessness will be revealed. The lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So what's being spoken of here 
is so we'll we'll start here. What is the restraining force? It's the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some have postulated that that the restraining force is the Holy Spirit, but the this restraining force is going to be taken out of the way. And we know that the Holy Spirit will still be here during the tribulation period, after the rapture of the church. Some have said that it's government or governments, but we already see in, in this teaching the governments of the world are not a part of the solution. So that leaves us with this. The restraining force in the earth is the church. The body of Christ is the one who will be moved out of the way. How will it be moved out of the way? That's speaking of the rapture of the church. The, the, the seeds have been sown and planted. The, the systems are being implemented and put in place, though they won't be fully functioning, and these mandates won't, won't fully uh, come into place until the rapture of the church, and specifically the midway to the last half of the seven-year tribulation period. Then the lawlessness, one, the lawless one will be revealed. And then it says, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That lawless one is going to be allowed to do his thing during that seven-year tribulation period, but the, the tribulation period comes to an end in the seventh year with the, the second coming of Christ. And that's when he comes and he wins a decisive victory against the armies of the world that are coming against Israel. And he's going to consume them with the breath of his mouth and destroy them with the brightness of his coming. So the stage is set. It's ready to launch. Once the restrainer, the restraining force, which is the church of the living God, is raptured out of the earth, all hell is going to break loose. And that's very interesting because um, those under... This spirit of Antichrist act like the church is the problem. And to them it is, because we're holding back the coming of the Antichrist. But when the church is removed from the earth, all hell is going to break loose. So how do we live in these times that we're living in? Well, the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, I want to read verses 17 to 21 as I bring this episode to a close. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. He also said in um, Romans chapter 1, do not be no longer conformed to this world, to the pattern of this world. He says, brothers and sisters, I'm jumping back to Philippians here, pattern your lives after mine. Philippians 3, 17. And learn from those who follow our example. For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. But, verse 20, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He'll take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. That's going to happen at the rapture of the church. Using the same power with which he will bring 
everything under his control. Satan, the first beast, the second beast, they're going to have their way for a season. But the power of God is going to bring everything under his control. So as long as the earth is present on the earth, we will restrain. And the new global order will not be fully implemented. Regardless of of the headlines, regardless of what you hear amongst the talking heads in, in the media, this new global order will not be fully implemented as long as we're here. So don't fear. Fear's not your portion. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So how do we live as these, this global agenda escalates? We live victoriously, with hope in our hearts. We continue to fast and pray and prophesy and witness and share the gospel and see people saved, delivered, set free, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Fear's not your portion. What is your portion? Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 7. Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 7. This is the portion of the child of God. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be curse upon anything. For the throne of God and the Lamb will be there and His servants will worship Him. And they'll see His face and His name will be written on their foreheads. Remember the... The Antichrist wants you to take the mark of the beast on your forehead, but he's a copycat, right? Who's he copying? God's plan. He's counterfeiting God's plan. Verse 4, they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads and there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun. For the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Look, this is Jesus speaking, I'm coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. Hallelujah. This is the portion of the child of God. Are you a child of God? You see, the the, the term child of God is not a term for all of humanity. It's the term given to the one who's born again. Walking in a forgiving and personal relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Are you a child of God? You need to be. Because only the children of God will participate in the rapture of the church. The word church in the the language of Greek that the New Testament was written in is the word ekklesia. 
and it means the called out ones of God. So when Jesus comes and raptures the church or catches the church out of the earth, he's not taking church buildings and denominations. He's taking people that are born again, children of God. That's why you must be saved. The gospel message is very simple. This is how you become a child of God. You see, God is holy by nature. It's who he is. And humanity is sinful by nature. It's a condition of sin that we were born into. But God took the initiative to remedy our condition. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross to pay the penalty for your sins and mine, to cleanse us from sin, and to bridge the gap between the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man. And all that we have to do in response to that is simply, number one, recognize that you've sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have to recognize that my sin is what's killing me. And it's not just killing me, it's killing those around me. And the only way to peace is through faith in Jesus Christ. Once I'm willing to humble myself and acknowledge my sin, now I can repent of that sin. The word repent seems, simply means to change. Change your mind, change your direction, change your lifestyle. It is to turn from a life of sin and turn to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin and the salvation of your soul. Jesus said it this way in Luke 13, verse 3, and you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. So we must recognize our sin, repent of our sin, and all that's left to do is then receive or commit your heart to him by faith. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm going to offer a simple prayer of salvation. And if you'll repeat this prayer of salvation after me from a place of sincerity in your heart, you can know this very moment that you are a child of God on your way to heaven and will be a, a willing participant in the rapture of the church. But you have to pray this prayer with me from a place of sincerity in your heart. Would you do that? Pray this prayer right now. Just say these words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe Jesus died for my sins, and he rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. So I, I humbly repent of my sins. I turn away from my sin. And I ask you to please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me a new person. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer together with me, welcome to the family of God. You did it. And if you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know what the Bible says in Romans 10, 13. It says, whoever called upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And when you prayed that prayer together with me, you called upon the name of the Lord. 
So by the authority of God's holy word, and as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I tell you today, you're saved, you're born again, and you're on your way to heaven because you have Jesus in your heart. And if you pray that prayer with me, please go to our website at revivalnow.com. Go to revivalnow.com. You'll find a big red button on the front page of the website that says, I just got saved. Click that button, and you can fill out your contact information. And if you fill out your contact information, we're going to send some resources to you to help you get started in your Christian life. And we're going to pray for you by name. So go to revivalnow.com, click I just got saved, and follow the prompts from there. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I trust that it's been a blessing to you. I know it's, been a, it's a blessing to me every time I have the opportunity to teach from God's Word. Make sure you keep coming back, checking for new episodes, because we're putting them up on a regular basis, and we're committed to continuing to do that. You can help us by sharing this podcast with your friends. Share the episode and help us get the word out. And go to our website at revivalnow.com, and you'll find out everything that you'd ever want to know about this ministry, all of our social media platforms, and, and uh, so much more. So thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.